up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench Podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm your host, Jackson Filio, joined again by Chris Gehring and Zach Rosen of WashingtonWizards.com. We've got an interview today with a trio of Washington Mystics, Elena Deladon, Ariel Atkins, and Natasha Cloud, uh, and we'll look forward to some of the Wizards' upcoming games, but let's let's start looking back uh, at the weekend that was Atlanta, Miami, um, part of a three-game homestand that will actually end tonight, Tuesday, against the Knicks. Uh, but first Friday against Atlanta. Uh, it was a pretty tight first half. Wizards opened the second half on a 15-4 run and led by almost 20 for a, a lot of the second half. And then Hawks cut it down at the end, but the Wizards held on. Brad led the team with 35. Uh, Ish Smith was out. He did not play in either game so far this weekend and will not play against the Knicks tonight. Um, is set to be reevaluated at some point this week, but uh, the Wizards stepped up. There are a few guys that had to kind of bear the brunt of his playmaking, and, and they did that and held on for a win against Atlanta. What did you guys see in that one? Uh, you know, you never want to see a team kind of blow a lead like the Wizards did, but we asked uh, Bradley Beal after, you know, do you kind of need these kind of games to grow as a, as a group, as a young team? And he said, you know, you don't want it to be in this situation, but it's going to happen, and for us to close it out was, was great. I mean, you saw, like you said, Troy Brown Jr., uh, Jerome Robinson before he got hurt, um, Isak Bonga, like these guys having to handle the ball more, uh, Rui Hachimura, who, as we'll probably mention at some point, hasn't scored in the last two games, but had a huge rebound in that game to kind of seal the deal. Um, I think the Wizards kind of took their foot off the pedal but luckily Bradley Beal had 35 um and it was a good it was a good team effort uh you just you hope not to blow too many of those games but if you hold on a win is a win and uh I thought it was considering they didn't have Trey Young I thought the Wizards were in control basically the whole game until the end which is a a good way to to kind of start this homestand and jumping to Sunday the Wizards played really well for the most part against a, a good Heat team early. The offense sputtered a, a little bit as it went on, but I mean, credit to that Heat defense. We, we talked about it on last week's episode leading up to it. They can defend at every position, and they did that. Um, you know, the Heat closed the game on a 25 to 3 run. Uh, the Wizards had led by eight in the early parts of the fourth quarter and, you know, weren't able to hold on. Um, but it really came down to the fact that the Wizards just couldn't get much scoring out of their top three guys. team only scored 89 points, and 75 of those came from uh, Shabazz Napier, Davis Bertans, and Bradley Beal. It was the end of Bradley Beal's 21-game streak with 25 points or more, unfortunately. That was uh, a fun stretch of what's been a crazy year for him. But, Chris, what did you see in, in this game against the Heat? Yeah, the second half was just really, really tough for the Wizards and, and not being able to get things to fall. I mean, we mentioned Rui just kind of going through it right now, which happens to every rookie at some point. Um, but it wasn't just him, obviously, in, in this game. You know, Brad couldn't really find it. Um, and uh, you have to give credit to the Heat, too. There's a, there's a reason that the Wizards weren't really finding that rhythm in that second half, and it's in large part because the Heat are. They're an, ex- they're an exceptional defensive team. Bam Adebayo is an outstanding player. Watching him be part of literally everything they do on the floor, a great defender. He takes the ball up as a point guard a lot in their offense. It's just something that watching him grow over these last, it's it's not even been two years, 
is is really really impressive and yeah Duncan Robinson was on fire he's a player that they've really molded into a a lethal NBA weapon it helps to have guys like Bam helps to have guys like Kendrick Nunn Jimmy Butler they're they're a complete team we saw that in the second half especially and you know when you play good defense and you get space for guys like Duncan Robinson you you pile up points really quickly and it makes it really really difficult to to come out of that hole yeah Robinson had a lot to do with that 25 to 3 run for them to end the game we should mention that that was another episode of the Wizards being very short on the perimeter ish Smith again out for that one and then Jerome Robinson actually missed that game as well with Achilles soreness he is listed as questionable tonight against New York uh ish Smith already ruled out uh let's move to some stock up stock down uh we'll start with a stock up volume uh the three-point shooting for the Wizards has been a story all season long but uh in March their last five games Davis Bertans and Bradley Beal are each getting up 10 threes a game which even in today's day and age is pretty astounding perhaps even more astounding they're both shooting exactly 50 percent uh at that rate Bertans is making 5.8 of his 11.6 attempts per game and Brad 5.0 of 10.0 attempts per game what do you guys make of that well for uh Brad coach Brooks has basically challenged him to shoot 10 threes a game his whole career that he's worked with him so the last four seasons so if you show that to Coach Brooks, he'd be happy with it. I also think, as Brad mentioned, he finally is finding his three-point stroke. His numbers since the break have been excellent. Uh, he worked with his trainer, Drew Hanlon, to to really go back to his shooting form. It was like a late night after a loss. And one of those stories where, like, this is the kind of – one of the reasons that Bradley Beal is who he is is because of his work ethic and his attention to detail. For Bertaz, it's just a matter of time. He's been left wide open – all month for whatever reason especially against the heat i was surprised um unfortunately the wizards kind of returned the favor with duncan robinson but when we were out west it was almost like the teams didn't have a scouting report on bertans and he even said i'm not used to being this wide open and i think i hesitated a little bit or wasn't you know shooting as soon as i got you know it wasn't as much of a catch and shoot um but for him to be taking almost 12 threes a game and making almost six is remarkable yeah and you see it in his box score a little bit i know you mentioned how different it looked out west but i think it was the miami game when he was eight of 15 from the floor and every single one of those shots was from beyond the arc he even mentioned that that had been an adjustment for him that like you know not that he's some you know lethal weapon inside the arc or anything like that but like he's used to at least you know being able to pump fake on one of those threes and drive to the basket that wasn't I mean they're playing so far off of him that that's not even there so it's just nothing but three-pointers for Davis Bertans as of late yeah it's it's got to be interesting for him because when we when we watched him kind of break out the first time this season it was shooting over people fighting over screens having to have that really really quick trigger and yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's remarkable to see him that wide open. And you can see him take, like, a split second and be like, wait a minute. Um, and, he, and he hit plenty of those, obviously. He hit eight threes against Miami. Uh, I don't think that that's a – I don't think it's a big psychological hurdle for him. But you can watch that little second of being like, oh, I can, I can sit here for a second. I can gather myself. And when you're as good of a shooter, a professional shooter as he is – um, yeah, that's that's not good for opponents for sure. But uh, on on the Brad point, it's something that he's been having this historic year for him, a career year, no doubt. And to see him still continue to take those little steps, make those tweaks, and say, you, you know, I still have to, 
I still have to improve my game. I still have to fine tune what I'm doing here and just take those steps. It's, it's again, it's another example of the leadership that we've talked about the whole time. It's setting an example for these young guys and yeah, it's, it's, it's why the wizards are building around him. It's that's, that's what they expect out of the, you expect out of a leader about an all NBA level player, which I mean, he, he has been really, really outstanding this year and you have to put him in that conversation records aside. So we'll just have to see, but it's really encouraging to see him find it and it makes him even more difficult to defend. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see either Davis or Brad keep up the the volume from three double digits. Whether they can keep up the efficiency, if they can, I, I don't think they're going to both continue to hit fifty percent from three yeah. over any long stretch of time. But uh, we shall see. Let's move to a stock down uh, rest like, for everybody involved. But we will, for conversation's sake, keep this about to us? the players. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Uh, so after tonight's game against the Knicks, the team will get two days off, and that will be it for rest for the foreseeable future. That then begins a stretch of 10 games in 16 days starting Friday in Boston. Uh, next week, five games in seven days starting Sunday. Middle three are on the road, uh, which concludes Friday. That, that The middle three on the road, excuse me, a little three-game road trip ends in Atlanta, which is the first game of a back-to-back Friday-Saturday, which is the first of two consecutive Friday-Saturday back-to-backs. Not to mention the Sunday-Monday back-to-back. That starts also a Sunday-Monday back-to-back mixed in there. And those Friday-Saturday back-to-backs are Atlanta-Milwaukee, and then the second one, Milwaukee, against, and then the Lakers. I mean, that's both difficult. traveling, by the way. We'll, we'll give you a little inside baseball here. Traveling on back-to-backs is probably the worst thing we do all season and to have three of them within two weeks is going to be absolutely brutal yeah and Um, then for the third of those three to be coming from milwaukee (laughs) to play the lakers to play the lakers is about as difficult as it gets uh only positive i guess and we don't know Giannis's what he's going to be up to by then but he's hurt right now and I mean, obviously we want to see him play, but that's kind of the only silver lining I see in all of this. I mean, Philly's still hurt with Embiid and Simmons. Um, I'm excited to watch OKC to see the transgression they've gone through since uh, we saw them the second game of the year and beat them in OKC when they were just figuring it out. But uh, the more we touch on this, the more uh, anxious I get about the the next two weeks. So can we move on to the stock up? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's do that. One more stock up. Shabazz Napier with Ish Smith out has been... Uh, really, really good. He's got a 25.5 uh, usage rate. Only Beal and Bertans are higher over the last Surprise two Bertans games. is that high. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly yeah. how the math works out on that, but I guess when you're just jacking shots yeah. every <laughs> single time, that, that right. might be it. But um, a lot of dribbles for Shabazz as of late, and you know he's, he's handled it really well against Miami. It was season highs in minutes and points, seven assists, four rebounds, four steals, did a little bit of uh, a little bit of everything for the Wizards. What are you guys seeing out of him? Even before his stats started getting piled, you could see earlier in the game that that was like his best game of the year defensively, especially like in the second quarter. I think I tweeted like this is Shabazz Napier's best game, and he hadn't even played a full game yet. Um, sometimes usage rate is kind of misleading. You don't always want to be that high, depending on what kind of player you are. But I think in this scenario, it's good because it relieves Brad of that ball handling. He can move off ball. Um, kind of rest a little yeah, bit more. Energy for sure. um, now I'm, I'm honestly just curious, especially with Ish Smith out, will Shabazz and Brad stagger a little bit more? Um, they need two ball handlers. You only have kind of like three if you combine Troy and Isak <laughs> as one. So 
Um, interested to see what happens with that, but um, love how Shabazz is playing. Yeah, he, he he attacks with the ball in his hands. He shot 14 free throws against Miami. It's the kind of thing where, you know, people ask Brad about it a lot. Have you been, have you have made a concerted effort to attack the basket, go at defenses? Shabazz is another kind of player. His game is perfectly suited to attack, and you see what happens. He scored 27 points. If you find a little bit of a rhythm that way, it's it's remarkable what happens when you get into a rhythm of going to the line. You just you find yourself in a better rhythm. He was he made four threes in that game against Miami. Just everything was kind of working for him, and he has the ability to really command a game despite you know being a smaller point guard maybe not the traditional guy who you would say can take over a game but he certainly has good command of the offense when he's in the game and the it's been really really important for the Wizards to have that without a guy like Ish who can have a similar a similar effect when he's playing well all right Wizards fans up next we have an interview with Washington Mystics and WNBA champions Elena Deladon Natasha Cloud and Ariel Atkins All right, we are joined now by three very special guests, WNBA champions Elena Deladon, Natasha Cloud, and Ariel Atkins. Ladies, thanks for joining us. <laughs> so we are recording this Sunday <laughs> afternoon before the Wizards game against the Heat, and you guys have done a lot today. Um, multiple stops as part of our celebration of International Women's Day. Um, I think it is. <laughs> Literally, a little bit a of a victory tour. tour. Yeah. Just getting started with that. Let's. Looking at that, your guys' championship run last year obviously elevated your platform mm-hmm. a little bit, not just nationally, but locally. Um, and with that and your guys' roles as examples and role models for um, little girls across the country, what does it mean to you guys to, to have that role as a role model? Not just, you know, as all women do, but you guys have a very particular voice with a lot of volume and a, and a big-time platform. What does that mean mm-hmm. to you guys? Uh, I mean, it means a lot to all of us, and um, I feel like there's really no athletes more well-equipped to be role models than WNBA players who um, have been through so much, who have incredible stories that unfortunately don't get told enough, and um, we just have such a wide variety of women in our league that young girls and boys can all look up to and relate to somebody, so I think it's huge for us to continue to speak up. continue to live our truth like Tosh always says and um, hopefully we can inspire the next generation just by being ourselves. Tosh what about you you're obviously very outspoken and, and active in the community especially around here in DC yeah. what does it mean to you? I mean like Dallas said it means everything uh, that responsibility of being a role model to not just little girls but little boys too um, as well it means everything to us so um, we take it seriously that we're under a microscope uh, at all times and um, what we do is seen um, what we say is heard uh, and with that comes that responsibility of you know creating that change and being a presence within the community and and helping to just progress uh, us and women in sports in general. So you guys all had pretty busy off seasons Elena you released a shoe Tosh Ariel you guys played overseas and Mm -hmm. participated in some Team USA stuff Um, Tosh you did three on three I did mm-hmm. do three on What three. was that like? They, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was it was funny because I was actually, like, frantically texting Della the night before. Like, I don't know the rules. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I'm on the FIBA website. Like, can you help me? Um, Once but, you got out there, was it? 
fine and it just felt like basketball or was it did it still take some time to adjust to so it? it's 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 really different um and, and luckily i'm able to adapt and kind of get used to things very quickly so um the first day wasn't bad it also helped that you know the girls that were there uh were super like inclusive and willing to help and help me understand and um, but it's completely different than a 505 game. You have a 12-second shot clock. Um, you have to clear the ball. You have to. Con- it's it's constant. You're for 10 minutes. You play nonstop, offense, defense, offense, defense, and until maybe like two minutes if the game calls for it, you get a timeout. But um, it, your conditioning really needs to be like at an A plus. Um, your movement without the ball has to be really well because obviously you don't have that much time to score and with only three people it makes it a little bit harder but uh, it was a really cool opportunity for me Um, it was just a really awesome opportunity to finally get my chance with USA basketball in general Um, it was my first kind of stint with them so um, I'm just really blessed for the opportunity and hopefully I can you know help moving forward yeah what was the roster breakdown is it like mostly guards like are are you guys at a premium there is it a little bit of everything so yeah there was a lot of guards which obviously makes it hard to make that cut then Um, and it's it's weird because you, you go from okay what do we need do we need a bunch of guards or do we need one solid big what's going to give us an advantage uh what do other countries have who what do other countries rosters have so um it's it's hard when it comes down to picking and you know you have the best of the best there uh working out and trying out so um hopefully i can make the pick the next time yeah. and ariel you did some olympic qualifying with, with team usa what was that yeah. experience like <laughs> that was pretty crazy um it was really interesting because i was coming from australia straight to serbia to basically play with team usa for the qualifiers fun is it cool to get out there and see something a little bit different it's something i've always wanted to do wanted to be a part of so to actually kind of have my first taste of it in a different country was pretty cool elena you and and nike did something very very cool this offseason releasing a shoe that's i guess would say specially catered to those athletes with disabilities which we all know Mm -hmm. strikes a chord with you How, how special was that for you that's uh definitely been one of like the greatest achievements of my career i would say um and not at all for myself, but for women. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many little girls ask why there aren't WNBA signature shoes. And, um, you know, it's something that's been concerning to me for a long, long time. And then to be able to pair, you know, this signature shoe and empowering women with uh, my sister and people with special needs and a shoe for all, that's what was so cool about this. Nike, their slogan is, if you have a body, you're an athlete. So uh, in my early talks, I remember just kind of challenging this with some of the shoe guys um, and saying, hey, there's not a shoe for my sister. So um, let's try to figure this out. And it was a really cool process. Elena, you didn't play overseas, but Tosh, Ariel, you guys both did. I know you touched on it a little bit, but uh, Ariel, what was that experience for you? Like Australia, correct? Yeah, Australia's beautiful. I think I was able to live out by the water, and I love water, so that was pretty cool. Um, I got to know some pretty cool people and got to be a part of their league for a little bit. It was awesome. Tosh, what about you? Uh, mine was interesting. I was out in uh, China, um, and it's a blessing to be able to travel. You know, as much as I I can complain, because I'm a homebody. I hate being away from home. I hate having to go make a means of living. Um, 
you know, elsewhere for the six months that we're in the off season. But um, the the culture is really cool. Um, my team in general, my team was really really sweet. Um, I was the oldest one, which was different for me because um, you know Elena kind of takes on that role for our Man. team and Latoya, toy toy. But uh, so it was a, it was a different perspective for me too, but it also helped me in my leadership role um, of having to you know step up and, and help the young ones. But it was it was a good opportunity for me, but I was definitely ready to come home. So I mean, you guys obviously, whether it's WNBA, international team USA stuff, you guys have very busy calendars year round. But Team USA specifically for all of you, what does it mean for you guys to carve out time and represent Team USA in, in the way you do? Team USA is the most dominant team, um, I mean, ever. It's crazy, the expectations of our team um, and, you know, the pressure that we have to face and everybody just thinks it should be easy and if we suit up, we'll win gold. But the rest of the country is out to get us uh, every time we step foot on the court. So um, to just be able to get together and to, you know, work out, practice with the team. That's been huge. We haven't had that in any other off seasons. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to do it because I'm still rehabbing. But just knowing that the team has been able to prepare through the off season to face challenges already, we'll be ready for the Olympics. All right, so let's look forward to this season a little bit. You guys are obviously going to come in with a target on your back, a lot of high expectations. Um, and you know, before you guys get to saying that you just want to focus on next season <laughs> and just worry about defending and stuff like that, we're not, we are not done celebrating. Uh, actually just announced today that on Tuesday, May 12th, um, the parade is going to be held in downtown D.C. to celebrate your guys' yeah. championship. How, how excited are you guys for that experience? I'm just really excited. Um, I feel like we, we missed an opportunity, um, obviously because of our overseas obligations to celebrate and and you know celebrate our win with our fans and with DC um, after the actual win so people have been saying well what does it feel like to win and I'm like well it kind of sucks because we didn't actually get to like fully embrace it so I feel like that parade is gonna allow us to kind of get all those feels um, out but I'm just really excited to celebrate with the team and celebrate with our fans again yeah I think it'll be fun it's all within that first week before the season opens up against Los Angeles. So it'll be kind of one one big celebration packed into the same idea yes. of opening the year up. Somebody tell Coach T to give us off the next day. We can, I plan on drinking out of the trophy. We can <laughs> We can pass that on. Ariel, what about you? Will this be yeah. the first of a lifetime experience for you? What is that? What Absolutely. Does that mean I mean, it's my first championship on this type of uh, stage. I think it's pretty crazy. And I think, like Tosh said, I'm really excited to celebrate with our fans. I don't think they've been able to really just embrace us after winning. Um, we've got some founding fans that need to get it out. They need yes. to celebrate and enjoy this moment as well. So Absolutely. I'm excited for us, but I'm extremely excited for our fans. Yeah, so like we said, that'll kind of kick off a almost week-long type celebration. There'll also be a block party and banner-raising ceremony the day of yes, the season opener to, yeah. to celebrate last year's championship. But then it's basketball time. What, uh, what sort of expectations do you guys have for yourselves this year? The, the expectation is always to win. Um, it's always to bring a championship back to D.C. It's it's going to be interesting. There's been a lot of shakeups in our league, a lot of you know trades and, and signing of free agents, and um, even to our team. You know we lost Christie, so that's a that's a big. But we got Leilani, um, who has been on our team. So there's a lot of changes within our league. But um, 
our core will always remain the same. And I think we've established ourselves in, in the locker room and on the court, and we understand each other. And um, so when you have that in the locker room, it's, it's very easy to kind of just pick up where you left off. And um, so I'm really excited. Just I miss everyone. Uh, yes. <laughs> I think that's been the biggest thing. Like, I would text A, like, while she was over in Australia or Maisha, and I'm like, I miss you guys. Like, it, it's different yeah. playing with different teams because we don't have – that family kind of chemistry that we have here on the Mystics. Yeah, and you mentioned this is kind of your guys' first night back in and seeing some teammates and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, and I guess camp hasn't started yet, so it's hard to really get a read for it, but do the preparations feel different? Like, I, I know once you get down to business, it's just basketball and you got to mm-hmm. just focus on the next game and all that stuff, but does it feel different now that you've got soon to be a ring on your finger and a, a banner hanging in the arena? I think that's hard to say. I think it feels the same just because of the type of people that we are. Mm-hmm. I think even with my first year being here, the preparation was the same. We just got better. I mm-hmm. think we started to understand each other more. So I think when it comes to preparation, it is about what you can do on the court and what your coach wants you to get done, but it's also about the people that are doing it. Tosh, same for you? No, no different? Is it just basketball? or? Yeah, no. I mean, obviously, we worked our asses off last season to win the championship, and, you know, we'll celebrate that win, but when it comes back down to it, we got to approach this season the same as we did last season with the same hunger, um, the same kind of determination and, and relentlessness. And like A said, um, you know, we're all familiar with each other now. And uh, so it's, again, just picking up where we left off and continuously continuing to get better think that's the 100%. biggest thing within our professional careers is not to be complacent mm-hmm. there's always room for growth there's always room to get better there's always room to improve so um both individually and collectively as a team I think that's always our goal yeah I think everybody's looking forward to see you guys get get back to it like we said May 16th the season opens against the LA Sparks on ESPN entertainment and sports arena is going to be packed it's going to be a lot of fun it's going to be a good game <laughs> We know you guys have a lot to do, so we'll let you get on to your next station here, helping celebrate International Women's Day with the organization. Thanks for taking the time, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Wizard Chains, that will do it for us today. Uh, something to, to note, on Monday night, Wizards and Mystics players uh, and a bunch of people from around the organization came together to put on a really cool event. It was the 8th Annual Special Olympics Unified All-Star Basketball Game at Dunbar Senior High School. Uh, it, it featured the Special Olympics groups from D.C. and Virginia uh, that brought their All-Star teams and they divided up uh, their players and, and put on a game that featured uh, help from people from all over the organization. John Wall and Gary Payton were refereeing. Troy Brown Jr., Mo Wagner, Ariel Atkins, Elena Deladon, Thomas Bryant, and Ish Smith all helped out and coached uh the game actually came down to uh a couple different buzzer beaters it seemed like in the overtime period and it was it was a really really good experience for everybody involved you can check out washingtonwizards.com for some more on that as we mentioned the upcoming schedule the wizards are back at it tuesday night against the knicks at 7 p.m at capital one arena and then have a pair of days off uh before a friday night road matchup in boston at 7 30 p.m Uh, And then Sunday, back home at 6 p.m. against Oklahoma City, which is the start of that five-game and seven-day stretch that we mentioned. Uh, Sunday night's game against Oklahoma City, the first 10,000 fans in attendance will receive a Wizards-branded beer stein to help celebrate German Heritage Night. And that is, of course, a continuation of the Wizards weekend giveaways that we have been doing all season. Fans can go to WashingtonWizards.com slash weekends for a full giveaway schedule. 
that includes uh, Davis Breton socks, uh, a John Wall phone wallet coming up, and three bobblehead nights in the last few weeks of this season. All right, Wizards fans.